this is an era of players right now where you have to show the why. You have to show the why. All right, that builds that confidence and that trust. So I get coaches. He's trying to put me in the most successful situation possible. On today's podcast, we focus on putting drills together that translate to game day success, as well as setting up a room built on trust and accountability to each other. Jawan Lewis begins his first season at Alabama State after serving two seasons as a running back coach and high school recruiting coordinator at Davenport University. Lewis came to DU after a stint at the University of Finley. Prior to Finley, Lewis mentored running backs, H-backs, and tight ends at the Division III level at both Hiram and Mount Union. As a high school athlete, Lewis participated in the Army All-American Bowl before a college career at Eastern Michigan and Ferris State University. He earned workouts with NFL and CFL teams before landing a spot in the Arena Football League. He was mentored as a player by both Ron English and Chris Creighton at Eastern Michigan. All of his experiences as a player and coach have led him to develop his coaching of the running back position to create players who are prepared for the next level while they serve each other as a group. Be sure to catch our Winning Edge takeaways at the end of the episode. What you see on tape is a direct reflection of what you teach and how you teach. Video is important, but if you don't teach well, you're not going to like what you see on your video. First Down Playbook has been helping coaches teach better for 13 years. It allows you to present installs, playbooks, and practice cards in half the time with NFL quality. Coaching tools like video pairing, a player app, practice schedules, and wristband sheets have made First Down Playbook a program management system with everything in one place. If you're in a position of leadership with your football program, receive a free one-week look at First Down Playbook. Call them at 512-814-6158 or visit them on their website or social media. Mention Coach and Coordinator Podcast or use the coupon code COACH24 to receive a $100 discount off the normal $700 First Down Playbook team membership price. Links and the phone number are in the show notes. On today's podcast, we focus on drills that translate into game day. And joining me to discuss how he coaches the running backs and the drills he uses to prepare them for game day is Juwan Lewis, who's the running backs coach at Alabama State. Coach, great to have you here. I appreciate it. You know, it was, you're a tough. You, you're so famous. You're a tough guy to get in touch with. You know, but I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm glad to finally be able to get on the show, man. Thank you so much. I don't know about that, Coach, but we appreciate you being here for sure. And you know, we're gonna dig into this topic right away. But I want to start with your days as a player and, and looking at how you were coached and what are the good things that you realized you were doing then and maybe some of the things that drove you to the progression where you are today. I'm having the blessing to be able to play Division One football at Eastern Michigan University. The biggest thing that I learned from Coach Ryan English that brought me in, Coach Creighton that took over, and you know Coach Jay Peterson, the biggest thing I always heard was trust your past, trust yourself, trust your ability. The more that you trust yourself, the slower the game goes. And this is something that I've been reflecting as the years have gone. We're making stops at Mount Union. Um, Hiram College, University of Finley, Davenport University, now Alabama State as a running back coach and recruiting coordinator. is A lot of guys you're going to meet, and especially your younger guys who are coming off their red shirt year, it's, it's really just slowing the game down. And it's not a physically slowdown, it's a mental slowdown. 
And with that mental slowdown, it really kind of gets your drill roster together because you're starting to learn more and more every day from seeing it live to seeing it on film uh, to really develop your guys. So, But the biggest thing that you got to start with is, is trust yourself. I can tell you you're going to be the president of the United States. It, it doesn't matter. It's just noise unless you believe in you at the end of the day. Yeah, that's a great point. I'm taking a look at that drill roster that you put together and how that's evolved for you. When you look at the drills that are out there, and there's there's a ton of them now, right? It's easy to get those. COVID certainly changed the availability of information and video and all those kinds of things. There's some good things. There's some bad things. To you, what makes a good drill? You have to establish a drill that is going to prepare that player for the next level. You know, there's not going to be a drill that I'm going to give a guy that's just just because. I give my guys drills when all my spots that I've been at, I give, I've given them drills that I know will be used at the next level. And, yes, I put a lot of my content out there. You know, it's good for the next coach that will come underneath me, uh, a coach that might not be uh, a running back guy because I, I was blessed to play the position collegially and professionally. And it's just it's natural things that work, things that don't work. And you're assuring those parents that may be following you recruiting-wise that, hey, you know, this guy can really coach. You know, this guy is a player's coach. This guy is a developer both off the field and on the field. So you, you got to do things that are really going to transition and help these guys if and when they get that shot because you want to be want them to be more than prepared to stay on that roster, make that roster. I know before we got to talking, you mentioned to you there's really – two parts of this that you want to drill that's physically going to develop the general skills that this player needs, the physical attributes, uh, the physical characteristics, change of direction, vision, being able to start and stop, all of those kinds of things, yet at the same time is going to fit to your schemes. Those are some great parameters for how you build a drill. Talk us through those different things and, and again, developing the physical part, but also then preparing them for that exact scheme on game day. I gave the analogy of really working these guys as physical. Uh, for an example, if we're having to help this guy get through inside zone, okay, no matter how you teach it, whether you're a sidecar alignment or a pistol alignment guy, you are toes on the QB's heels, uh, crotches being split by the inside leg of the guard, making you approximately about a yard and a half away, okay, your steps to your path, slide drop in downhill, wherever the case may be. Your track is going to be opposite the uh, play side. Your aiming point is going to be the inside leg of the center or inside leg of the guard, however you want to do it, really that A gap. Your read is going to be the first interior D line of play side, okay? That's the lecture part of it. That's the meeting part of it, okay? Well, how are you going to help me physically do that so I can better prepare and be confident mentally in it? Everything has to translate to your coaching philosophy. Mine's is relatability plus confidence equals trust. Okay, well, relatability plus confidence equals trust. I, you know, as a coach, uh, the root of that relatability is relationship. I got to build that relationship. So building that relationship is within your drills. You, I may introduce the run-read drill where I get active in that drill, okay? I'm introducing you to your bang, bend, bounce, very points. I'll give you that run scheme. And I just want you to act, react. That's all I want you to do. Okay, act, react. I'm banging it in this A-gap. All right, I'm bending it opposite A-gap because we know what's going on up front. If D-line decides to pinch, you know, our, our defense loves to do a lot of crazy things, man. We got a really great defensive staff. 
and then DC, which compliments our offensive staff and OC, along with our head coach. Um, and I'll, I'll go on record and say we are the best coach staff in the SWAC. You got to be prepared, okay? So if we're working these bang, bang, bounce, berry points in this run, read, drill, I'm going to appear in that initial any point so I can get you to bend back, okay? I might collapse the bags with an additional helper now that I have at, at Alabama State to have you bounce it to give you the illusion like, okay, the D-line is pinching. And, again, you know, you get some of these funky defenses, and I've seen a lot of them, you know, in my now six years of uh, coaching where they'll send bombs over Baghdad or everybody uh, across that line of scrimmage. So you want to just have that guy get, be smart and, and bury it. Bury it and live to play another down, okay? Trust the OC, trust the head coach, trust the position coach. So that may be one thing. Well, maybe he's really, really smart and is really good mentally, physically, but we just got to get those hips looser. Maybe it's a matter of really introducing the hot feet drill, which is just keeping your upper body square, your lower body doing the work, and keeping your feet hot. But when you get in between the tackles on that bang point or at that bend point, you keep your feet hot, which eliminates injuries, you know, because if your feet lie, I always say your feet lie, you'll die. When your feet lie, you'll die, man. We're not getting yards after contact. And the more we keep our feet hot and moving and our knees driving, the more yards you'll get. So what could have been a stale pipe at the line of scrimmage or a two-yard game turns into a four-yard to six-yard game just because of effort. This is really implementing and getting that mental down, all right, and getting you more confident in yourself, trusting your pads at the end of the day. It might be a matter of the digging drill, okay? I just made that cut, all right? I still don't want my feet to stop after I make that cut. I want to get my knees back driving where the digging drill is, you're working laterally to vertically over one agile bag and facing back up as you're really getting that turnover in your knees. So always keeping a consistent turnover in your knees. It might even be, you know, as simple as the old traditional lateral up and over drill to jump cut drill. Because sometimes when we do have to bounce it, what is a, a supposed to be a vertical run scheme ends up turning laterally to vertical. So I'm going to have them work the up and overs laterally and stay tight as you clear that last bag get back vertical and not get out of your frame and out of your block. So there's so many different drills that I'll introduce and what coaches have learned to love um, when I presented at the ASCA. It's the fact that I will show them a clip of this drill being used by an NFL running back. All right, the hot feet drill. I get a clip of Marshawn Lynch when he was in his earlier playing days with the Bills where he what could have been dead at the line of scrimmage. He kept his feet hot and his knees driving to keep the play alive and, you know, turns a two-yard run into almost a first down. This is an era of players right now where you have to show the why. You have to show the why. Right? That builds that confidence and that trust. So I get coaches, he's trying to put me in the most successful situation possible. Relatability plus confidence equals trust. All right, with that proper teaching style, the matches in the install film and walkthroughs are clear from practice, which allows Indy offensive group, and team drills slash situation scenarios to translate to game day, all right? We got to work that confidence physically to build the confidence mentally. As players learn from all aspects through the week and after game day, i.e. understanding the, the why as well as learning from the mistakes with buying in, build the culture of the room, the trust. So long-winded, I'm sorry, but, man, when you, you deal with somebody that's so passionate about the, the room, the team as a whole, man, you can't help it. As coaches, we know that some of the biggest hurdles to our team's success can come from off the field. 
Your team needs support to tackle the endless list of expenses, uniforms, training equipment, travel, and more. But raising that money can feel like a full-time job. Thankfully, there's Vertical Raise. Vertical Raise is the premier online fundraising platform using innovative technology to create the easiest and most efficient system available. Raise more money in less time with a local fundraising coach who works with your team every step of the way to customize the ideal fundraiser. With options for online donations, digital discount cards, premium product sales, and even spirit shops, Vertical Raise has top-of-the-line solutions for every fundraising style. To find out more, visit verticalraise.com and we'll get you connected with an exclusive offer on your first fundraiser. I've always been interested in the use of technology to make our jobs more effective, so I'm excited to continue sharing modern football technology with you here on the podcast. This innovative system leverages tendencies to improve self-scouting, game planning, and in-game decision-making at the speed of the game. Modern football stands out because it's a battle-tested platform used by teams at all levels, like four-time national champion Bishop Gorman, the five-time California state champion Folsom Bulldogs, six-time Texas state champion Lake Travis, Cal football, and the CFL's Grey Cup champions, the Montreal Alouettes. So book a demo today to see why these teams trust modern football technology. Visit www.teammofo.com demo and mention Coaching Coordinator Podcast or use the coupon code CC10 to receive 10% off your first year. Looking at your roster drills, and, and we can carry a lot of those. Obviously, we're not going to get them all in one practice so as you go into a week, what are the things that are helping you decide, you know, we need to work this week or are you taking an everyday drill approach? Actually, it's both. All right. I always have everyday drills. My everyday drills will always, no matter what, be a stance departure, ball security drill in my hockey drill, just to always keep those hips loose and ready to go. And then I take an account of what we really need to focus on as a unit going into that particular week with an opponent particular plays that we're going to run and how can I marry up certain drills if it's a heavy power week I'm going to do a lot of get skinny drill my get skinny drill really emphasizes attacking run lanes both tight and wide no matter what you got to find a way to get skinny because it just might be that might be your only run lane and alley that you can attack it might be a heavy sprint out week so we're working a lot of sprint out blocks and doing my ID drill where I'll create a shell with uh, multiple guys from the room, all right, and I'm calling out different protections, I'm having guys coming from all over the place to really throw the kitchen sink at them just so they can understand what is going to come or going to happen and create every scenario so they feel confident no matter what happens on game day. So it's just really everyday drills that marry and marrying up things that we still need to work on from a skill set and, and development and still in time during the season and, and really taking advantage of the, the spring and the summer. I know just historically for me and in my coaching experience, one of the most difficult aspects of running back play to coach were the vision drills and getting them to see the picture developing. Now, you know, you always start with that picture that looks perfect, right? And then I think you start building in the variables from there that something happens that wasn't planned and then you create the drills for those situations but when you look at the things you do to help enhance their vision as a running back 
so that they're taking the ball to the right place. What are some of the best drills you use for that? A couple different drills, actually. From an agility standpoint, vision, and understanding leverages and angles, these defensive guys, and they can be pretty smart at times, I guess. No, I'm kidding. But uh, <laughs> understanding leverage and angles, knowing that a defense is working heavy laterally. If we understand and knowing when to put our foot in the ground when we're in open field or knowing who is our key read at the line of scrimmage for our run read, that'll put us in the right run lane to get vertical. We're in a successful spot. So you have certain drills that I came up with, like the mirror drill, where you're actually like if you watch, if you've ever seen the first Creed movie, Rocky tells Creed and he's training him. He's like, you know who I want you to spar with today? He's like, who's that? That guy in the mirror right there. So with that, that mirror drill, what it does is you got two running backs facing each other, and I'll have a cone in the middle. The cone is really emphasizing the line of scrimmage or the O-line's heels, where you're really pressing the O-line or the heels of the O-line to make that, that proper read or that proper cut. And when we do that, we're actually helping the O-line set up their angles and leverages like if it's inside zone, I got from starting back to front where that, that backside tackle is scooping, working to that uh, backside backer. You got a double team between the backside guard and center work to that play side backer, kickouts from the play side guard tackle, and a wham block. If we throw in a H-back or a fullback in there, a wham block from a wing uh, perspective, all right, it's timing. It, it's really working the line of scrimmage to set up those leverages and angles. After we make the proper run read, with using the mirror drill or using the run read drill or even the jukebox drill where I'll get active in the drill. I'll get active in a lot of my drills. So I always emphasize advice to coaches to stay in shape because you want to be one of those guys that can get active in the drill so they can truly understand, hands-on. In my jukebox drill, it's basically a four-corners drill where I have them square up at one of the four corner, the back four-corner cones. They square me up as I take an angle to attack them they're jump cutting or a natural one-two cut to get back and stack lead vertically so the remaining guys that are trying to flow over the top to attack the football they're missing they're they're, they're grazing you they're, they're lunging for you because we took them out of a proper angle and leverage to make the tackle that benefited us so we can get vertical and turn a five-yard play into a you know a 10-yard play first down plus or a touchdown so those are just three different drills that I'll do I even do drills that'll implement catching. You got to implement some catching. And then as well, like my T drill, it's a continuous figure eight to a 45 cut. So guys are getting used to really attacking cuts, really attacking cuts instead of being afraid and chopping their feet before they cut. And I want you to one step and cut on the go. A lot of different drills that I throw at them that's changed direction, but I'll throw myself in those drills to get live and get active with them so they can get a live look no matter what. Even if it's blocking drills, I start talking junk just to get them going and just to bring out the physicality. In it. Those are always tough ones to work individual. You know, we'd bring our linebackers down for blitz pickup. And, you know, the thing I didn't like always about those drills is that there's that space between those guys and they're just meeting and collisioning. And, hey, that's going to happen. you got to get ready for it. But I think you can only put so many of those in practice. So just in looking at that idea of blitz pickup, what kind of – things that you're working there that are, are going to focus on getting them in the right body positions and not necessarily always being full contact type of drills? Yeah, the biggest thing, man, is uh, just really first getting them understanding what my blocking instruction is. You know, I start 
from the ground up. So I'll work a short load to punch drill. But, you know, before we get into that, really, my blocking instruction is, you know, your eyes should be at the same level of the defender's chest plate, feet or shoulder width apart with a slight stagger. What I mean by that is that depending on what side you are aligned on will solidify your point leg, which is your inside leg, and your adjuster leg, which is your outside leg. I don't like guys picking up blitzes, square stance, because you got a guy with full momentum, uh, pre-snap at times, coming straight to the line of scrimmage, trying to get you real a little bit. You got to have that adjust your leg to really adjust and just play basketball from there. So my example of that is if I'm aligned on the right side and I'm about to engage a defender, my, my inside leg is my point leg again. My outside leg is my adjuster leg. So if I'm on the right, my left, my left leg is inside, my right side is outside. Creating that slight stack. You know, arms, pre and post engagement with hands clamping defenders, outer pectorals, the strike zone is what I emphasize. Your arms and hands are about to engage your hips. You will pop forward, giving you a power and explosion as you punch and clamp onto the defender. So I always say pre-snap, you think of you translating, translating power cleans to the field or hip-hancing punch or even uh, what I came, came up with late when I was uh, leaving that report was you got to think of it in the old Western movies. When they're about to draw their weapons, they don't start wide to draw something that's on the hips. They stay within their frame. So hands-wise, to keep them in their frame, I always tell them thumb to thumb, but the hands will keep that, uh, that short arc in the arms and form a W So for when you strike because you don't want anything coming wide. You want to stay tight, no Superman clamps. So as you engage the defender with hits and hands in sync, you will also feel a slight pop from your forehead area to the defender's chin. When you see a running back engage a linebacker or even a defensive end, you see that defensive end hit first pop back, that's how you, you have the right leverage and foundation bend at the hips. So – uh, with that being said, I'll, I'll start from the ground up. Uh, we'll start on, on our knees, and uh, we'll just really work that motion before we strike the hips and the hands, keeping our hips and hands in sync as we're about to strike or before we strike, really forming that W and keeping that short arc in the arms. From there, we'll work the punch, and we'll, we'll emphasize the strike zone. We're still on our knees, really working from the ground up because you got to work that hips and hands in sickness, really working those hips for the proper bend and power coming from the hips to form that momentum with your arms and hands when you punch. All right, then you get it, and then we get up on all two and really start working the hot strikes, all right, where I'm just keeping those feet chopping and working. And I got two other guys as defenders, and I'm telling them right or left, keeping their feet together to really work that engage and strike, that first step as you're about to engage and strike and really stagger stance yourself. And then from there, man, just really breaking them up into pod work, and I go, you go um, as partners and just really putting it all together as you're coming from the backfield, working to engage and strike where we're not taking a bunch of choppy steps. It's a true one, two or one, two, three to get to that line of scrimmage because we know there's a, a two yard bubble around the QB that we need to be away from. All right. So he can take his, his proper progressions mentally, physically. And from there, working the ID drill. Okay, even getting on the shoots to really emphasize the hip hand sink punch or the sleds, excuse me. So a lot of different drills that will work. Sometimes we even get under the hurdles. The O line and D line are hogging the sled and we'll get under the hurdle shoot and, and really still emphasize that low leverage or low center of gravity to the strike. A lot of different drills. A lot of different drills. Yes. And to switch gears up here, 
you know, you, you get these guys ready for game day and hey, you're going to have that dude maybe, but you got to be smart about how many reps he's getting, when he's getting them. You want a guy who's fresh in the fourth quarter. Sometimes it's a by committee situation. So for you, how do you look at and evaluate the reps that are, you're going to get in the game? You know, from that starter, or, or as I said, maybe that guy who's just the best versus, you know, the guys who, hey, they're close, they're neck and neck. Yeah, on game day, you know, if I can have my way, you know, ideally we have three to five guys that are traveling. Those, you know, those top three guys are the guys are really going to roll. That, that fourth guy is a tweener guy. You know, tweener guy that can, you know, do some deceptive plays, maybe split out and really, really gun hole special teams, which in the 3 3 4 stable, this uh, special team is mandatory. This is something else that is going to prepare them for the next level because you, you, you can't just make an NFL roster if you don't have that, you know, those, those stats to go with you. You right. just can't make the roster without playing special teams at the end of the day. So, those top three guys, you know, I'll give them each a series just to see who's comfortable, who's kind of gotten a groove yet. And then from there, just so, you know, guys really don't get tendencies to try to catch on to what I might throw at you. You never know, man. I might rotate guys every three. I might rotate them every two or one. You you will never know. And just to keep them off their toes and just to really, really keep them fresh and, and, and spread things out to the fourth quarter and just let it grind out. But just really separating them out. But you really want to, you know, travel five, you know, just in case something happens to them. Uh, to one of the top three or four, I'm sporadic with it. I'm very sporadic with it because I don't, I don't know. I don't want you to know who I'm going to throw at you. You might have prepared for this back, but then I throw this back at you. That's the the beauty of the culture of the stable is it doesn't matter if you're top of the depth chart or bottom of the depth chart. I'm going to prepare each and every one of you like you're going to play 20 plus snaps a game. All right, like you're going to start any given Saturday. So it'll be a rhythm like no other. And that's the beauty uh, of having a very talented room like I do here. And sometimes that does present challenges, too, that, hey, maybe there's a guy who feels like he should be getting more playing time and, you know, approaches you on that. How do you handle those situations? The biggest thing, man, is is really creating a selfless culture in your room from the start. Yeah. If he eats, no matter if I'm in on that play or not, we're all we, we've all succeeded. We've all succeeded. You know, it gets to a point that I love, and, and this room is so mature that you get to a certain point where you allow guys to really start – they start correcting each other. Before I can even get it out, like, hey, yeah, Coach, I already know what you're about to say. He should have did this, this, and this. And with creating that selfless culture, you, you start to have, rather than negative connotations associated with accountability, you have more positive connotations associated with accountability. You start getting guys saying, man, thank you for keeping me accountable. You know, everybody's coaching each other up and, and spreads that love of, of togetherness. All right? It doesn't matter. You never know, man. You might be the starter this day, and you might be rotating this day, or whatever the case may be. You don't really want to have that true, or oh, I'm the starter mentality because every scheme is different every day. You know, mm-hmm. These guys watch them like they do. We watch them like they do. So we want to keep guys on their toes just as much as they try to keep us on their toes you know, go from there. But selflessness and self-motivation is going to eliminate that issue from happening in any room. I agree with you. I've I've seen those situations before. Coached in them. Had a we had a receiver room that we had to get right. We took over, and it it had to move from that uh, mentality of everybody trying to get 
theirs to, hey, we're all working on this together. And, and as you said, then it, those guys start coaching each other up. That it's now, I'm, I'm not just worried about me. We're all going to get better in this together. We're all going to get our opportunities. And I think as you, if you set it up, as you said, you set that situation up, you avoid some of those circumstances where you, you may have to address those things with problems, right? They stay away from you. No doubt. Every, everything that you and I are talking on the phone now is pretty much in a book form that I give to my guys at every spot that I've been at in a, uh, a manual that we will follow. You know, we, we go, I'll pick a page out of the book each day until we're done with the manual to emphasize so they can understand my method behind my madness and what I envision their success should look like because you got to have a plan, all right, plan A, B, and C. We have to have something to look forward to. With us, it's, you know, SWAC Championship Celebration Bowl, but you, you got to look forward to winning each period each day. Got to look forward to winning each rep in practice. Got to look forward to correcting any mistakes. And, and, and when you have that mindset, man, the sky's the limit. Yeah, Coach. Well, I really appreciate it. I know you're, you moved today. You had some time on the road. You had practice today. So I appreciate you making time for us. Coaches, you can follow him on Twitter. Uh, he's a guy who definitely is willing to give and teach and work with others, and it's at Coach underscore J-L-E-W, at Coach underscore J-Lou. Coach, again, thank you for your time here. Thanks for sharing, and best of luck to you and the Hornets in 2023. Thank you so much. Appreciate you guys having me, man. If anything, man, this was you know me being able to get through this day uh, getting off the getting off the road at, at 4:30 in the morning, getting ready to go at 6:45 to get through a practice. Got to thank my family and a great coaching staff and, and, and athletic department. And no matter what, we are going to swarm as one. Alabama State will be on top of the swag soon. Here are our winning edge takeaways and ideas for implementation. One. Utilize an everyday drill and prescriptive drill approach. Coach Lewis has drills which he will work every day because they prepare the body for practice and are essential movements for his position. He then tailors the drills week by week, paying specific attention to what he sees needs improvement from the past week, as well as what they will need to work and emphasize because of the game plan. This approach provides some consistency and routine to getting started then provides both the mental and physical stimuli to get ready for game day. Take inventory of your drills and put together a roster of drills like Coach Lewis does. The list should include the purpose of the drill and what scheme or issue it trains. In this way, you have clarity in pulling drills from your drill roster that fit the game plan. Two, build the culture of the room so that it is preemptive in solving things that may become issues otherwise. Coach Lewis makes being relatable something that helps him build trust with him and his players. He teaches them how to coach each other and be giving in the way that they point out where another player can improve before he does that. This horizontal coaching between players is much more effective than a room that is top-down only. It truly creates an iron sharpens iron mentality where everyone is responsible for each other's performance and improvement. This is creating a player-driven culture within your position group. Check our links in the description to an entire episode on player-driven culture. Three, 
Promote accountability so that it does not have a negative connotation. So many times people cringe over the word accountability. It definitely has been abused so much that over time it has that negative connotation. But when it becomes something that is tied directly to improvement and winning together, it becomes a positive. Think about how you can set this up within your group or unit so that everyone is accountable to each other rather than just accountable to the coach. Be sure to go to coachingcoordinator.com for enhanced show notes with links to related episodes, resources, articles, and with our Winning Edge takeaways detailed in text. Coach Lewis gave us a series of drills, which we will link in our enhanced show notes on coachingcoordinator.com. Also sign up for our free weekly tip sheet, which highlights the best ideas from the previous week, trending episodes, and featured resources. Follow me on Twitter at Coach K Grabowski.